Hello and welcome to episode number 233 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Good man, good. We're here again. I'm still buzzing from last week's episode um, and mostly last week's movie. What a time to be alive. Um, It was just fantastic. So yeah, hopefully everyone has checked out that episode and more importantly, checked out the film um, because it was just such a good time. And uh, yeah, hopefully this week will be as good. This week we are discussing 10 minutes to midnight, um, another sort of on-demand release as as that's all we get at the minute <laughs> um yeah i think it goes without saying at this point we're just yes. like <laughs> is it is it on a normal streaming platform or have we had to go super obscure is the real question yeah you you guys will <laughs> definitely hear about it if we somehow get to see a movie on the big screen um but uh yeah before we get to this week's film a little bit of news to discuss and kicking things off where we left off last week bit mm. of psycho Goreman in the news yeah we um, asked for it and the, <laughs> the universe delivered it's a yes shock. yeah this was awesome news um that yeah there was kind of an announcement of an ultimate edition blu-ray um so yeah you can pre-order now the limited hunky boy ultimate edition of psycho Gorman, um which is just awesome and yeah this is kind of it's a canadian release um but it is region free thank god um worldwide yeah. shipping Yes. Um, and so, yeah, this is only limited to 2000 copies. And I do think that is just because there is a few things that are extremely limited to this release, um, like some postcards, I believe, and maybe some other things. And then hopefully they'll just do a wider release because mm. 2000 copies is, is barely anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... I can believe it when they said that, but mm. it's just I, I, it shows that there's not like a big demand for these things, because I think the Dawn of the Dead was only something like 5000 yeah they are always pretty limited but um yeah yeah this has got what you'd want on it like commentary tra- tracks behind the scenes featurettes interviews trailers and of course the actual movie on blu-ray um and yeah it's coming out mid-march um the, so blue- the pre-order is already up and i know they've already got two orders in from us right. <laughs> um right. but yeah like this was so i was so happy <clears> to see <throat> this because obviously i was pretty confident this would get a blu-ray release anyway um but there are no guarantees like if no British Christ, distributor. I, wasn't, I wasn't confident that we'd ever get our hands <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, well, like, because yeah, we have seen so many movies that, mm. that are like we've loved over the years. I think Life Changer and Freaks. Like, I don't think mm. you can get. Oh can no, you, get you can Freaks. Get freaks okay, freaks. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like some of these movies, you just don't never get like a nice or even any UK mm. Blu-ray. Um, yeah. and so like the fact that this is region free and it is kind of Raven Banner who are the ones distributing mm. this and kind of the under the Canadian banner. So thankful to them for not only releasing this, but making it worldwide shipping and region free is just such a huge win. Oh, um, and so, yeah, I want to support that and that's why we're buying it. So um, I just cannot oh, wait yeah. for this. It was a reasonable price as well. Hmm. You know, with, with the shipping included, it was still comparable to like a, you know, the arrow release that we get over here, you know, the kind of limited edition hour releases around about 30 pounds. And, and hmm. that's what this one was, which I think kind of, as long as it's a, a packed full of features what this is you know it has like a soundtrack and obviously all the features you've said the the postcards and all of that like it is a special edition so i'm i'm happy to pay that extra for it yeah definitely like you're paying a bit of a premium of course but like yeah like you say it's it's so worth it and i won't do this all the time you know i've really cut down on my blu-ray buying but this is a movie mm. that is a new movie that i absolutely adored that i want to own and so the fact that they give me a really cool edition of the film that is limited as well and it's like oh yeah you have to pay a bit to get it sent to the uk that's fine like that's totally mm. fine so yeah cannot wait for this one like it's just around the corner like i really wanted to re-watch this movie already yeah <laughs> and now i'm kind of like okay hopefully i can well, wait a month 
similar I, jamboree, I right? I literally was going to do it straight after we recorded the podcast. <laughs> but I was I was amped for it, and I was like, no, that's silly. Let's just <laughs> calm down. And I'm so glad I did because yeah, I can't wait to watch it on you know on on Blu-ray. Yeah. So yeah, this is awesome. Um, and yeah, we'll keep you guys updated kind of about further releases as well. Cause like I say, this is supposed to be coming to shutter at some point this year. So mm. hopefully that's sooner rather than later. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, next up is actually some more Blu-ray announcements. Um, of course, good old Arrow, um, kind of still the kings, I guess, of, of the <laughs> Blu-ray market, especially in the UK. Um, <laughs> and yeah, they kind of announced their April lineup and some pretty big heavy hitters on here. You know, like they Arrow are weird. Like they either have a really quiet month, month or a really busy month. And yeah. this is definitely a busy one because they've got a couple of massive releases. Kind of the two big ones are um, both coming in 4K Ultra HD, the kind of limited releases um, of both donnie darko and battle royale um mm-hmm. i can't remember if they had donnie darko before i have yeah, a suspicion they did, they did. yeah they had, they've had both um, of them before yeah so they obviously they've had them as blu-ray releases but the battle mm-hmm. royale one in particular is lovely because i was looking at it and it's kind of weird because it doesn't they kind of undersell it until you really read what you get in it because you get battle royale 2 as well oh, okay. um nice. you get the two versions of the movie as well this is kind of famously has these two different cuts where they added different effects and sounds and like it's apparently a much more improved version is like the second release um but this release contains both versions and yeah of course they you get battle royale. they're not no right. um they're like part of the obviously the quote yeah, unquote the extras discs <laughs> yeah so they are just on blu-ray um but yeah they're both lovely and they're kind of a couple of the more smaller releases but they are also going to be um releasing clapboard jungle um, yeah which is crazy yeah like it was obviously the, the documentary we saw at fright fest last year big fans of it it was a, this is a really weird one like i didn't i fully did not expect arrow to pick this one up i, know, I um, never thought this one like like i i really enjoyed the documentary i don't hmm. kind of I don't feel like I need to see it again, even though I no. really enjoy it. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of tempted to pick this up just to have like this physical arrow release of this mm. really obscure documentary. Cause it's so bizarre. I can't believe it's getting made. Yeah. It's like, it's really cool to get that, get it out there for people. But I'm like, why didn't you guys pick up life changer? Like, why are you just getting this now? Um, but either way, it's cool. Like, it, I guess that means like a wider release is around the corner. Um, because I'm, I'm pretty sure it hasn't been made available in any form. So and no, I'm curious, well, like what they'll have on it as well. Cause obviously he, he yeah. said about how kind of editing, editing it didn't he into like kind of like TV style episodes. I wonder if that'll be an option on the Blu-ray or not. Yeah. It's very strange. And obviously like they're, they're, they're heavily pushing their arrow, their arrow TV channel right now. Yeah. The streaming. So yeah. Yeah. They've kind of, you know, in the UK they've launched it as a standalone paid for mm. subscription service like shutter. Um, whereas before it was always part of Amazon Prime. So like they're kind of, you know, I assume there's now a dedicated app for it or there will be. Um, So, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, it seems to fit more tonally with that as opposed to a physical release. But I'm glad that Arrow aren't shying away from it because as as interested as I am by their streaming service, they've got such a long way to go to catch up with Shredder. Mm. And so I just I just want the odd, you know, physical release of them. I don't I don't need another streaming horror platform. Yeah, I was looking into that earlier today, actually, and I, I'm glad you said why, why it was new and different, because I kind of got the email saying, you know, it's launched in the UK, and mm. I was checking out, and I was like, how is this different to what we had before? But I didn't realise that it's kind of like, okay, now it's yeah, purely you, standalone. You had to have Amazon Prime to get right. it before, so it was an Amazon Prime add-on channel. Yeah, there's some um, cool stuff on there because they pretty much have most of their releases. They um, do have one, a lot, thing, yeah. one thing that's really cool on there is like they have all the Lars von Trier stuff. Um, mm. So they have Nymphomaniac, they have Melancholia, they have um, uh, Antichrist, mm. they have um, uh, the House that Jack built. And like 
I'm like, man, give me a box set of all of those films together, please, on Blu-ray. I know, like, I, know. <laughs> I would love a Lars von Trier box set. Like, maybe that's around, get, I, I, yeah, I maybe it's around the corner. Me, I don't know. I don't know if I like to print those discs. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to ask someone behind closed doors at Fright Fest, hopefully in yeah. the future, and just be like, hey, do these do these exist? Can we get our hands on these? Yeah, they're like, yeah, um, we're, we we could sell you them, but they're they're bootleg. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's all good stuff. Um, and then yeah, next up, kind of a couple more just regular news stories. Really, this is a really bizarre one because it's one of those ones i feel like this has been said so many times over the years so i don't even know like my level of excitement to it um but cloverfield is apparently <laughs> getting a fully fledged sequel um, next next story move on <laughs> which move yeah, on. i feel like we've heard this a billion times over the last 12 years um and yeah that's pretty much it really the hollywood reporter reported this one um kind of jj abrams is is going to be a producer obviously it's produced by bad robot um matt reeves the original director is apparently not involved in the project um Mm -hmm. kind of i think the only other information we have here is uh the writer um i believe i can't find his name now um he's a british writer yeah, but I know it said that he basically, so he's working on the, um, so I, I think we discussed it. There's basically going to be a spinoff from the Batman, which is a HBO Max TV show. Um, do, have we talked about this on the show? I don't know if I we have. So. Yeah, it's really weird. Like they're, they're doing a lot of world building and kind of like it, it could be exciting, but it's also like just get your film out. Um his name's yeah. Joe Barton, who's basically, yeah, so he's kind of involved in that. He's the showrunner for that. And I guess that's kind of like this, the, the link, I guess, of maybe he was chosen for that because of his involvement with Matt Reeves along the line. And that's somehow he gets involved in Cloverfield. Um, but yeah, it's that stuff's messy. But like in terms of just actually a Cloverfield. Se- oh, and also it says in the report that it will not be fan footage. That's the only other kind of, yeah, I, yeah, that, of information. Was, that was strange. I mean, I just don't care. Mm. Like if 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 this actually becomes a thing, then I will give it my attention and see because you know, Cloverfield sequel is something that we've dreamed of, like a true sequel for a while, but it's mm. got to the point now that I almost just don't really want it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that ship has kind of sailed. We've had some good sequels that aren't directly relating to it. kind of the most recent Netflix one kind of is, you mm. know, somewhat related to it. And I just think it gets to the point now where I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I pretty much just enjoy, you know, Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane at this point. It's two very different things and two very enjoyable movies. Yeah, and I kind of feel like that would have been, you know, when Tain and Cloverfield Lane came out, that was that was awesome. And that felt mm. like, oh, okay, you can kind of slowly link these a little bit, but not necessarily. You know, they're going to be all original characters. It's not always going to be about a giant monster wrecking a city. Mm. And so that was such a cool thing. And then, yeah, with Cloverfield Paradox, which I do enjoy, but like as more and more time goes on, it did kind of ruin Cloverfield in terms of yeah, like the I overall think. story, because it completely changed a lot of what we knew about how the monster got there and all, and all of this different stuff, not to get into kind of the crazy backstory of Cloverfield, but they, they pretty much threw away like what was Canon based upon the kind of the, um, mm. the kind of alt game that was coming around the, the time of Cloverfield. So it is weird. Like, I don't know what a Cloverfield sequel even looks like at this point, um, especially with it not being, 
fan footage um it's weird like would it would it literally just be a prequel set the day before the attack it's just it's so bizarre i i need to hear so much more information before yeah. i like remotely get excited about this one for sure um and like you say i still don't really believe it because i feel like this has been reported millions well, yeah, of times we've had this years. conversation before i'm pretty sure on yeah. and off air a hundred percent um and then lastly um this is like just a very small tease of a trailer that we're getting very soon um of course it is the super bowl uh this weekend where kind of we mm. usually get a kind of plethora of trailers and <laughs> it's going to be weird this year because there's only a certain amount of ad space and we all know that there's a billion movies in the can right now yeah. that want to get people excited like i can't wait for them to play the no time uh is, is it called no time to die it doesn't even sound right anymore um, no time to, to die hard kill to die another day yeah whatever the goddamn no time to Bond die film yeah. is called like i'm sure they'll get the trailer for that and you know oh fast and furious will try and generate hype for that again like all the big hitters but then obviously horror you know we might see some <clears> horror and we have <throat> actually got confirmation of something that i'm very much excited for um we are going to be getting the first trailer for old um which is of course m night Shyamalan's next upcoming movie um yeah like he put a very small teaser on twitter kind of like a two second clip and then it was kind of teasing for this sunday um we don't even know like this plot of this movie at this point so i cannot no. wait for this one that's gonna um, be insane yeah um and yeah this is apparently scheduled for july 23rd later this year so we shall see um but i just can't wait to see the trailer man like mm. m night for me one of my favorite directors and i think his trailers are kind of part of that magic um yeah he, he's very much like a jordan peele where his yeah. trailers are part of he, you know he doesn't just put that off to a third party he will mm. be involved in it or at least i hope he is um yeah yeah i hope we get batman trailer as well like this is yeah a good chance, right that'd be cool yeah mm. um yeah well i'm sure we'll get like hopefully this time next the uh, this time next week after the super bowl we'll have plenty of trailers to talk about but yeah this mm. one i cannot wait for hope it hope it delivers oh, um yeah. but yeah that is pretty much it for the news this week shall we talk about this week's film let's do it let's talk about 10 minutes to midnight So, yeah, there's not really too much to say, I guess, kind of pre the discussion of this movie. Um, no, there were two things we needed to know about this movie going in. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> what are they? Well, the main thing is that, that uh, Wednesday 13 was involved and <laughs> that Caroline Williams wears a murder dolls t-shirt from almost all of the movie. So um, for the people that are listening that probably have no <laughs> idea what either of those two references are, what, why is that important to us? <laughs> uh, because he's probably one of our favorite artists that we've seen multiple times over the years. And, uh, we, we watched a movie that had Marilyn Manson in and we don't really have any sort of, you know, music affinity to him. We like him a bit, but then suddenly Wednesday 13 is getting involved in horror and we're in. Um, and it's interesting as well because <laughs> not to go down a Wednesday 13 rabbit hole, but he's, a, <laughs> he's very much a horror guy. Mm. He's covered in horror tattoos. Lots of his songs are singing about horror movies. Mm. So he clearly has a passion for the genre. So like him being involved in a horror IP, like I'm like, oh, okay, this could be interesting because this isn't just a, a heavy metal guy that's like, yeah, I'll, I'll do a couple of songs for a, for a horror movie. Like I feel like Wednesday is a bit different to that. 
Yeah, it's worth mentioning, yeah, because for our own excitement and love of this man and his work, mm. because, yeah, we, I mean, it was probably just out of around 2000 to 2002, kind of when we were first made available or sort of become aware to this guy. And, mm. you know, I think we first saw him live in like 2006. And yeah, 2005, we, six, something like yeah, that. Yeah, so we've consistently been seeing this guy perform for the last 15 years um, mm. and have been a, a fan of his music for like 20 years. Um, yeah. You know, pretty much my whole uh, adult life. Um, and so, so yeah it's he's obviously a huge kind of we're huge fans of his music work and so yeah like him being even slightly involved in a movie um seeing the you know the murder dolls t-shirt you referenced that's one of his bands the murder dolls that we're big fans of um people probably know the other band member joey from slipknot was kind of in that band as well um but yeah that was kind of where our excitement i guess grew from and then of course is kind of more horror linked yeah caroline williams I mean, needs no introduction everyone knows her completing a horror icon at this point um we saw a movie of hers last year as well didn't we um mm. at fright fest and yeah kind of especially this was really interesting as well i remember when it was in the news last year because it's her returning to the dj booth um mm. Which is really yeah. interesting. Like I've, oh, man, obviously again, there's going to be a lot of links, but so I don't want to spend too long. But like Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Like, have you seen that recently? Because I sure as hell haven't. <laughs> um, I have because Arrow did a release of it. Yeah, <laughs> it comes full circle. Yeah, and I, I brought it at a fright fest. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you'd got around to watching it yet, because like, oh yeah, yeah, no, I've watched it. Yeah, yeah, because I, I've, it's a movie I wanted to rewatch for years, like I, so many it's horror insane. movies. Like, yeah, because it's, it's so weird. I remember, I remember at the time watching it super young and being like, "Why is this a comedy?" Um, and you it's know, so was, dark as well. Like yeah. they go in such weird places with it, and it's you know the whole kind of saw scene with her is very kind of strange and yeah mm. there's just so many crazy things and they put her through hell um <laughs> yeah you know they, they really do um but yeah i definitely and, need to rewatch that one yeah so good but but yeah kind of um <laughs> you know uh that that is why the film was put on our radar and kind of the second that we kind of saw that it was a film that i was gonna have to see um <laughs> but yeah kind of pretty much other than caroline williams going back into the the dj booth um for a horror movie i didn't really know the plot no same i, I hadn't seen a trailer or anything no um but yeah basically um yeah caroline williams plays our lead and she's very much kind of prominent throughout it's her character's journey throughout this movie and she is a dj um amy marlowe who is a late night radio dj her show is 10 minutes to midnight and um we kind of the, the film opens with her uh arriving for a shift and she's been uh had a had a confrontation with an animal outside <laughs> and she she's been christ bitten. you're being very vague <laughs> <laughs> she's she's been bitten by an animal outside and i'm pretty sure you can say what there. the animal is oh well, yeah it's it's well because they don't say but yeah it's right away but she's been bitten by a bat outside and mm. she very much has the vampire bite on her neck yeah the very opening scene in the movie um which I gotta be honest, that was a pretty gross effect. Like to start mm. things off, because it like she has this bite mark, and it just starts like proper bleeding. Like it looked, it looked very like you know, I, I, for that to open it up, I was like, whoa, hang on, that's 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 pretty good. Mm. Um, and yeah, she's now about to to start. She still kind of gets gets kind of bandaged up and starts her shift, and kind of um, we get thrown into kind of this late night radio kind of DJ world where we've kind of got a. Uh, a security guard we have the kind of uh 
guy in the production booth that's helping her out and then like her very sleazy from the first second uh boss is also there with this new intern that is clearly kind of um flirting with the sleazy boss and, and clearly trying to kind of um take over kind of you know amy's show and kind of take over her role and kind of like as the night goes on amy is kind of struggling with uh the, the bite and kind of the effects of that and then kind of things start to get very weird and wonderful in her world and also kind of with this intern and kind of her battling for position with her on the radio as well um mm. is how kind of the rest of the movie kind of pans out um you know this <laughs> the movie the movie gets very weird you know, I think kind of I've described to you up to the point that the plot is fairly standard and the movie does start to go quite off the rails and quite weird after that. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it really does. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 as far as I'm going to go with plot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, like going into our thoughts, like that was where the movie was its strongest, I think, mm. was kind of the setup, um, because I do think that. I, you know, you get introduced to this character and it's kind of like, oh, okay, this is pretty cool. I like the kind of banter she has back and forth with like the producer of the show. Yeah. Um, and there is like a lot of good setup here where it's like, okay, she's got this kind of injury. Like, what's that going to lead to? She's got this kind of boss. And then it, it you becomes... really believe the world you're in. You believe yeah. that she's been a DJ there for a lot of years. You, you believe the rapport with her and the producer, the sleazy boss, like that whole world is very well built within that first 20 minutes. Yeah. And like we, we see a lot of, you know, indie horror movies. And so kind of mm-hmm. like within 10 or 15 minutes, you kind of figure out like, okay, it's going to be one of those movies where it's probably going to be set all in one location. Mm. We've probably been introduced to every single character that's in this in the first 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but and both those things are true. And so then you kind of like, okay, I hope the setting is interesting and I hope the characters are interesting. And it did tick both those boxes early on mm. because like, yeah, this kind of, this this radio station um has multiple kind of areas that are all interesting like there's this really weird like security guard um that like her interactions with him early on are pretty interesting as well um well he's clearly just whittling a steak like (laughs) yeah and just like the way he's asking all these personal questions and stuff is kind of like this guy is really bizarre um and yeah like kind of like the dj booth set up kind of where she is for the main show is really cool um and so, like, yeah, it was it was getting to know the characters, getting to know what this was going to be about was what I found interesting. I think once it hits the point that you mentioned, kind of this, like, there is this point of no return about 35, 40 minutes in, um, mm. where it's like, okay, now we're going to really, you know, turn this into a horror movie, I guess, after all the setup. And unfortunately, it did kind of lose me. Um, I will say, like, as a kind of preface to my opinion is that i don't i don't think i'm a huge fan of these types of movies where it is just kind of a a, a char- one character going through utter madness um yeah i think those are the ones that i've really struggled with for the show and just in the genre in, in general and i don't think there's any examples i can point to where it's just it's one character they're our only character we have as an audience to latch on to um and they are completely lost in what's happening um you know they're like people might say well the shining it's like well no because there's other characters in the yeah. shining that I think, aren't I think going fully insane the closest might be like a spree or something like that maybe but potentially that, you get, yeah you know you, you do get others but that's quite close yeah but like you say yeah there is still other characters whereas this is this is is caroline's journey she's the Mm. only character that we're kind of centered with um yeah because the other characters 
don't get a scene with any other character where she's not in the room, you know, mm. uh, m- maybe not at all. I can't think of, you know, there might be a few seconds. And like all of their roles are to kind of provide her, mm. you know, other stuff to do. Like, it's never like, okay, let's learn more about the producer and his role in this world. It's always, how can he serve Caroline's character? Mm. Um, so kind of like she is our lead and she's a really good lead and she's a really likable lead. And so then once it goes kind of like, okay, everything's batshit crazy now, it just kind of lost me um, mm. because I didn't really know where it was going. There was plot holes, um, not plot holes, but like plot lines where I was kind of like, is that just not important anymore? Like the whole bite thing at a certain point, I was kind of like, is this still relevant or is it just kind of like she's going crazy? And like, it just, I found it so hard to follow. And so like, even though there was a couple of interesting things happening visually, I I just, the story just completely lost me. Um, which was really unfortunate because I, I thought the setup was really cool. And like, I was kind of down for a more slow burn, um, mm. you know, long setup type thing because I found the characters that interesting. And like you say, like the effect early on was really cool that I was like, okay, if there's a couple more kind of gory moments later on, which are of equally good effects and the story stays interesting. Like I thought it would be this kind of struggle of like, okay, Caroline, you know this isn't spoilers because this is kind of just like another thing that could have happened for example but like okay they, they want to off her you know they want to get her away from this radio so maybe they've all kind of against her so that's basically an us versus them type situation yeah. um and then it's kind of like she's slowly killing them off as she's trying to survive in this over this long night um mm. you know i thought oh something like that would be cool and it's and again that's not i'm not judging the movie because it didn't give me what i expected um but it's just the the direction they went was this character is going into complete madness and and nine times out of 10 that completely loses me. Um, and unfortunately it did lose me. Um, so yeah. Or what did you make of it? Yeah. I'm on a very similar level to you with it where, um, the first half an hour I, I was digging this movie, you know, it was a real good indie movie. I was thinking this would be a great late night fright fest movie, you know, kind of 10 minutes to midnight in name and kind of just late night of fright mm. fest. And like, I realized that, um, I really like horror movies that are set in like this kind of radio kind of world, you know, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and like we saw the Richard Brake one and I've seen like a couple of ones like that. I think it was one Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem. Yeah, just like I like that rapport of like the radio booth and especially when they are these, um, you know, unlike kind of Salem where it's kind of in Texas where it's larger scope beyond that. I really, if they're going to have one location, I find that world, like the late night radio world, to be a really interesting world where you're kind of broadcasting to all these people, but you're in this building that has like way more life during the day and, and you're in there like skeleton crew. So there's just all these dark rooms and empty booths and just real creepy things and you're doing this late night show. I really find that a fascinating setting. And so I think with this one, I think Caroline is fantastic. And I think the the actors around her were all really good as well. I enjoyed them all. Like the sleazy boss plays it down to the perfect, the security guard, like uh, the, the production guy, like all of them um, really do nail it. The, the young girl, um, oh, what was her name? Um, the character name. I can't think now, was it? Um, no, I can't remember. Oh, like Selena C- or something. Sienna? Sienna, yeah, Sienna. Yeah. Um, she she was you know she was good they were all really good and so kind of you know half an hour in when it's still slow burning i was really into it when the action kicks off there's there's a real gross scene when she goes to a bathroom when Mm. she first goes (laughs) off to the bathroom i was like oh this is you know proper gross Mm. um 
but then yeah when it starts to go you know it's kind of like you say when a movie starts to show someone's descent into madness and you have these these montages that are dreamlike sequences and warped reality mm. and weird things going on you know but there are there are scenes where things will play out and it's clearly going on in a head or it's not there and it 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 just yeah it lost me as to what was real at that point and what the through plot was like the movie finished and um you know i don't i don't want to go full end spoiler but I, the movie finished and i was kind of like so was it about the bite was it about mm. that night was it about her co-workers was it about her like i was confused as to what the you know and and i kind of finished and i was like did i just you know did it just go over my head? But it seems to, you know, it seems to have happened to you as well, where it just kind of, you know, the plot lost me. And so kind of by the 40 minute mark, it started to probably, you know, the movie's short as well, but by the mm. 40 minute mark, it kind of um, started to go that way. And it still kept me probably until nearer the hour mark, but then kind of that last 15, 20, I, I, I was already lost and, and gone where it just became a bit of a chore to finish, finish it off. Um, you know, which, which is a shame. And like coming out of it, like when when the movie ended, I still kind of enjoyed a lot of the visuals. I enjoyed the setting a lot, but ultimately just really didn't know what I'd seen for the last twenty twenty five minutes. Mm. Um, you know, when they when they got into like the final kind of scenes, because kind of like they keep talking about like it's all over this one shift of her show, and they kind of um, they kind of make daylight a thing because obviously you've got the the bite and kind of like this whole you know subplot of you know what is this bite doing to her so there's kind of you know early on like i said there's the steak reference you've got a character that's just eating garlic noodles and she's like no i don't want to that shit <laughs> and like so you, you've kind of got these questions raised about that and then they kind of bring up like oh you know day breaks and your shift ends so you've got this kind of end point of the movie of like daybreak and then it, it kind of it never really kind of crescendos to like a big moment for me with the daybreak mm. i really thought it was gonna be like a bigger thing um so so yeah you know i think um i think we've got to a point with the genre now that i've seen it you know we, we saw it with like um bliss and and this and like mm. a few others where people because you know this movie's not a vampire movie but it but it does it it does you know want to be and it does it does want to be in that wheelhouse you know that the bite and and all of these references and like bliss was the same where we just don't just make a full-on vampire movie or make a different movie, but like these weird kind of, you know, they're both quite similar. They have these weird, you know, obviously bliss is very drug heavy. That's why that goes on. But like these hallucin hallucinations and weird sequences that just kind of, yeah, you know, they completely lose me as well. And I think kind of, I would have liked this to kind of be more what it says on the tin, you know, kind of the, the IMDB, I think pretty much says, just going to bring it up um yeah literally says bitten by a rabid bat a late night radio host terrorizes her co-workers as she slowly transforms into a vampire mm. that's not really the film i know and like that's i was really <laughs> down for that film yeah yeah uh, me too me too and i would have liked that film a lot more and and up until about the 35 40 minute mark that is what you're getting yeah with some really interesting characters and and then it starts to just go more into this all these other weird subplots so you know when we got to that final kind of daybreak scene i was so i was like what is this what are they i was like i just don't mm. know so yeah it, it lost me you know and it is a shame because i you know 
this film wasn't ever going to be, um, you know, put on a pedestal or anything like that. But this could have been a really solid, good indie movie. And I think yeah. it's still extremely well made, well acted and everything else. But the plot just, just lost me that, that ultimately it's not like a you know super strong movie that, that I could be recommending. It's so funny that you mentioned Bliss because that was the exact movie that I wanted to bring up of kind of mm. like, and I'd kind of forgot about the, the vampire stuff and that as well, but it was the case of that that movie to me is a perfect example of like my pet peeves in horror yeah. that I know a lot of other people love. Mm. You know, like I know loads of people that loved Bliss and that is yeah. their jam. And so that's why this movie could totally be their jam as well. It's just not mine. Um, God, and I remember that watching- that movie that was like uh, Climax? like we, didn't, we never we, saw climax no and i oh, yeah. I, I never yeah. saw it because like mm. arrow did a big yeah. release of it and i was just like nope i was yeah. like this is this is clearly not 100%. my my shit so i just never watched it yeah like i'm just like again like and they can all be different forms in terms of obviously like you say with bliss it's the more drug trippy stuff which we're not into which again but it's the same you're talking about the same thing of like mm. here's a bunch of weird sometimes interesting sometimes not interesting visuals but like to what end and like th- that is where it loses me like of course like i'm i'm way more of a story guy and so i think kind of like the first half of this movie is where it really had me and for me it almost felt like they wrote the first half of a really cool film mm. and then was just like oh, i don't really know what to do let's just do a bunch of crazy cool trippy stuff and then just say that she's going crazy but i and... think i think that's the thing though because like last week we saw a movie you know we saw psycho Gorman, which mm. is just stupid you know the actual plot and everything about it but they created a world and then the rules within that world made sense it was crazy but it wasn't ever trippy it wasn't ever an hallucination that's where i get lost when it's Mm. kind of am i seeing something that's real in the world that's that's been set to me you know like i don't i'm not one of these people that's like oh i can't watch lord of the rings because it's you know fantastical i'm like no i love that shit like put me in a world give me a well-rounded world that's fine but mm. when it's kind of, is this a dream? Is it real? Like I, I, you know, when I got out of this movie, I don't know what the the real, what actually happened in that shift. I don't yeah. know, and I don't really know the finale of it. And whether that's because it went over my head or not, I, I didn't get it. Yeah, that's my takeaway from this movie is kind of like that's mm. just a preference thing that I've had forever. Yeah. And it's not yeah. about this movie. It's about movies in general. Like, I've never liked this type of movie. And so it becomes increasingly difficult for me to sit here and judge it because there's a lot of elements that I really like. But then once they went down this well-trodden road of tropes in horror that I don't enjoy, it's it's pretty much impossible for them to draw me back. And so that's mm. what ended up what happening. But it was weird because like you know aside from that because that was kind of the choices they made and i'm sure that was the movie they wanted to make like one of my thoughts when i was watching the weird trippiness of it was like this would have made like a cool creep show feature (laughs) because Mm. like it felt you know it was 70 minutes long and i still feel like there was 20 or 30 minutes of padding of just weird trippiness so i kind of like if you boil it down to how short the actual story was it probably would have made a good 30 minute thing of like she's been bitten her co-workers are turning on her and then you'd get five to ten minutes of action at the end that would resolve it all and yeah, if you i had, feel like, like that Caroline would Williams worked. in a vampire radio dg skit for creep show that hmm. that would be that would be sick <laughs> and 
and and pretty much what this is for the first half like you said like it was it had all the elements there there was enough interesting characters there was like four separate characters that would have made for like a good body count you know and in like an episode of creep show and it would have been fairly low budget like creep show is as well you would have had this horror icon with it would have brought eyes in and i don't know to me that would have just really worked as like a 25 30 minute thing um but as soon as you want to make a feature and we spoke time and time again about runtime in so many different ways. And it brings me back to why I love Host, I think, so much. Mm. is like, Host is a movie. No one calls it anything else, but it's under an hour long. And, like, that's fucking genius. Like, I would have, if, if that movie was 80 minutes and yeah, they had padded an extra work. 25 minutes in that, my God, that would have been such a bad decision. So, you know, I'm thankful for everyone who does that. But, yeah, it's overall, I guess, kind of, you know, for recommendations of this one, like, I wouldn't recommend it, like, say, purely for personal preference. Um, I don't like trippy stuff i didn't recommend bliss and that's a movie that people love so maybe if you're into that sort of thing uh i think the characters are really well done i think visually this movie looks good it doesn't look cheap at all um and i think had it gone somewhere that i would have been more interested into i would have had a great time but as soon as you go like oh it's weird for weird sake you just lose me personally so yeah i can't recommend it for that reason yeah, I'm I'm the same really. Like like I said, I'm to the point now where I just don't really want to see a vampire movie because it just keeps doing the same thing. Mm. Um and I just yeah, I I want it to be more structured and I yeah, like I said it's it's my own personal preference in terms of this movie. Um yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't strongly recommend it. I think if you do like this stuff, then this is a this is a good indie version of that, a very good indie version of that. I just yeah, I I'm not into that stuff and it, it for me, I'm I'm bummed out because for 40 minutes I was super into this. Yeah. Um, and I really think that you know I know that she she is a horror icon and like she's been prolific in the last couple of years just doing like indie after indie after indie. But I really think she's good, mm. like Caroline Williams, and and I really like to see her in like more stuff. Even though she is doing like an outrageous amount of like horror, I'm you know I'm sure she's done like 10 horror movies in the last two years, but they're all like. <laughs> extremely indie you know movies i'd like to just see her you know get get a bit more and and you know a bit more on the show because i, I really i really did enjoy her in this yeah i did as well like i say i would I'd, like creep show would just be perfect for her mm, i think <laughs> because definitely. yeah it's like you don't have to you have to be a bit part in a movie or you don't have to carry a movie you can just kind of like make an impact on one episode yeah of the have show. a fun time um yeah what one positive though like she wore the murder doll shirt the entire time which was great um we got a couple of good wednesday songs as well so like i even though by the end of the movie i was kind of worn out and was like oh it's a shame the direction it went just hearing him over the end credits i was like this is like a, almost like a dream come true of pairing yeah. him on the end credits of a horror movie so that was pretty cool. yeah and it really felt like the sort of you know it did it really felt like a, a throwback movie the title card felt like mm. that and the way it was set like it did it, it it felt right you know everything about it did feel right and then just having a couple of wednesday songs in there was great you know i was because there was just like metal playing in the background throughout like most of this film and i was mm. just constantly waiting to <laughs> hear when his songs pop up and mm. you know, clocked it when it was there in the middle yeah for sure um but yeah that was our discussion on 10 minutes to midnight uh, we will take a short break and we will be right back
So yeah, just to sort of finish us off this week, um, I have been watching another TV show in the past week. Um, I thought you might have. That's not the two uh, usual ones, even though I have been, of course, watching WandaVision, and I have, of course, been watching Ash vs. Evil Dead. <laughs> nice. I'm like seven episodes. Three? Yeah, seven episodes. Nice. In um, I'll talk about it more like when I finish the season, but like, because I don't want to go off on a haul, because I'm sure we'll just end up talking about bloody Ash vs. Evil Dead again. But yeah, like... Down. I obviously adore the show and I'm so thankful for what we got, but now looking at it removed, I definitely think season three is the weakest. I don't know about you, but like watching them all back to back, it's like, I still love it, of course. And they add some cool stuff, but like season one and season two, they just hit it out of the park every single episode. And I think well, a lot of stuff hasn't aged that well in season three. It's strange. Cause I remember us like liking three more than two. When yeah, it but first three, came three was my favorite when it first aired. Mm, like, but <clears throat> yeah i don't know that to me to me it's just like this beautiful oh yeah for sure like, it's been very and I, and I and i can't i can't really pick because it's just like this perfection like i don't i don't really see it like a traditional tv show where you can mm. pick seasons it's just like this perfect story and like there are parts of it that i don't like as much as others um but but overall yeah it's just it's just beautiful yeah it's still a great time i can't wait to rewatch the finale because i just remember being so happy with that so yeah yeah i'm buzzing to rewatch that um but don't, no the don't, other don't watch it with the commentary though because it's so sad <laughs> i think i'm gonna have to because i do want to no, check it out no, you can't because like bruce campbell signs it off with the cast being like well here's to us being back in season four guys they're like let's hope <laughs> fingers crossed i'm like oh bruce yeah, see, I don't know if that's just like that's so weird because it just feels like they knew, like especially with how the finale ends and everything. Well, you like, sorry, but they didn't know, man. They didn't know. Mm. They hoped. They hoped they'd get more. <laughs> yeah, it's bizarre. Um, it just upsets me. But no, the other TV show I've been watching mm -hmm. um, is the brand new The Stand, um, which is, of course, kind of like the new Stephen King adaptation of the book. Um, kind of started airing very late last year. It's still airing right now, actually. I think the finale mm. is on next week. Um, so there's nine episodes. Um, and yeah, I've watched the first four at this point. So pretty much like half of the season. And yeah, someone who really didn't know much about the stand at all. Um, you know, it's a very old King book. It's from like the seventies. Yeah, and old. it's he did like a re-release version with extra stuff. And it is it is his longest novel. It's bigger than it. We kind of like the new stuff in it. Mm. Um I don't know when that re-release was. It was years and years ago, like yeah. the 80s potentially. Um, but uh, yeah, and kind of like, I knew it was post-apocalyptic. That's pretty much all I knew. It was like, okay, it's post-apocalyptic and it's Stephen King. Um, and it yeah. has a pretty insane cast, this kind of like new version. Um, but obviously we are in kind of the golden age of Stephen King adaptations at this point. Um, so I obviously wanted to check this one out. And yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it after the first four episodes. Like it's, I'm glad it's a show that I've kind of waited to watch in one go like i've watched four episodes in the past week because it's very slow um i think like we talk about a lot of tv shows like to me now there is a very distinction between which shows are worth watching weekly and which shows are worth binge watching yeah and it's and it's not a knock or a positive or a negative to either it's just sometimes and i've always said like to me american horror story binge that shit it's amazing i love american horror story yeah. but i don't think it's worth watching week to week um or not 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 worth watching but you know what i mean um yeah. and and so where something like strange things i would love to see how that would feel split up week to week um yeah i think i think that could be true event tv yeah you know, for sure and, like, and that's what mandalorian was exactly and, and that's what wandavision is right now as mm. well completely um but yeah like so with the stand kind of i'm glad i've waited week to week because it's 
yeah it's it's it is set in this kind of like post-apocalyptic it's this crazy virus that's taken out 99 percent of the population oh um, nice yeah it is episode one was the strangest like i got over it quite quickly but in episode one i was kind of like this is fucking crazy that this came out like now um but uh yeah i i really didn't think too much about the kind of real life stuff after the uh, episode one because episode one is where you see a lot of the outbreak stuff um and that kind of felt weird but now you're just kind of in that classic walking dead of like okay here's the few survivors here's the people that are kind of like bandied together and trying to like recreate civilization um but it's really cool because you kind of get like flashbacks a lot so it keeps going between kind of just before the outbreak then kind of like the first few months and now like they've kind of all bandied together at this one town with this singular goal um and i i really like a lot of the character work they're doing like it is one of those shows that's basically all about the characters you know because you've mm. seen a million of these like apocalypse stuff um you know there's nothing really that interesting about the virus or anything like that it is just okay are these characters like cool and interested and yeah like it's got an insane cast like i'd forgot a lot of people in it and i'd actually recommend for people if they are going to watch it to just don't look up the cast because there's like loads of people that pop up some are like recurring characters some are only in one episode and you're kind of like man they really got like a shit ton of big name actors in this show um but yeah, I really like it. Like the the fantastical elements are what I find really intriguing. The kind of the more king stuff, because obviously mm. post apocalyptic is its own different thing. But then there's these smaller fantastical elements that are very like you know Doctor Sleep style, very fantasy stuff. Um, and that's really what is you know really intriguing to me. It's very small early on. Like the first couple of episodes, you barely see any of it, and then even four episodes in now, like I've barely seen that stuff and it's kind of like okay i want the next couple to really kind of ramp up now because i've yeah. they've already established who all the characters are i really find a lot of them super interesting um and really watchable and likable and some of them really dislikable in a really good <laughs> way because that's what the show wants me to think Definitely. um so yeah like I'm, I'm really enjoying it like i i'd be curious to get your take on it because i know you're way more the kind of post-apocalyptic guy than i am but yeah i can think on, about jumping in and binging it Mm, yeah it's like it's it is reminding me like it's a weird thing because it's such the obvious comparison but it does remind me of like early walking dead of how much i love that show like super early walking dead um and but yeah like in this more kind of mini series style and don't it's obviously great me that... by talking about walking dead bro. <laughs> I, I love when you have that feeling of just like it's one and done you know there's nine episodes and that's going to be it and, and that's a really cool feeling um so yeah I, I i'm curious like i'm gonna bang out the next few and then hopefully i won't have to wait too long for the finale because yeah i am digging it for sure like nice. definitely an interesting one to talk about more in the future um and yeah, that WandaVision just continues to be goddamn awesome every single week. <laughs> I'm always waiting for the week where we're like, oh man, they 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 didn't knock out of the park this week. But like Disney, an entire season of Mandalorian and now four episodes of WandaVision and they have not put out a singular episode that isn't fantastic. Because mm -hmm. it was just so out of left field. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. And then I kind of like watched it almost like fever dreamish. And there were just mm. so many uh cameos pop up that i wasn't expecting and i kind of need to absorb it all again yeah it's just especially with the state we're in right now with like you know cinema is dead and so like yeah. we are getting a fully fledged not only entry in the mcu but like a sequel to endgame on tv for free or you know quote unquote free yeah. and it's like that just feels crazy like when i was watching it and it was continuing these certain storylines of characters from from the major movies i was just like i can't believe we're getting this on tv and like yeah, we've got so much more to look forward to we've got like four of these shows this year like i just i'm so happy as a fan like it's it's yeah. just awesome um for sure but yeah have you been watching anything else in the past week 
I mean, I'll watch Terminator 2. <laughs> don't know. Don't talk about that. <laughs> but, but otherwise, uh, no. I mean, I swear that sometimes these weeks disappear in the world we're in right now. Yeah, don't definitely. You, don't you sometimes feel that way? That, like, I'm just like, oh, my God, we're recording tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how did that happen? Yeah. Like, I swear the last seven days have been a fever dream for me. Yeah, I, I can only remember where I'm like, I wake up each day and I go, oh, mm. please tell me WandaVision's out today. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, it's, oh, it's not Friday. I think, I, think like, I think like the day after we recorded last week, I got bit by a rabid bat. And then I, <laughs> then I just had like a fever dream for six days. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been, I've been watching loads of stuff. I've been continuing my Star Wars rewatch as well, um, nice. which is always nice. just lots of ups and downs, even this early on of like, rewatching solo for the first time after the cinema and it might yeah, be my least upsetting. it might be my least favorite movie i've ever seen um it's literally least either that Disney movie it's either that or a nightmare on Elm street remake in terms of my own personal most hated film because like mm. i they both create such a passion of hate for me that i don't like <laughs> how it makes oh, yeah. me feel um and yeah no, i watched Ro- uh, rogue one earlier today and my god the, the final hour of that movie is perfection absolute perfection yeah, they just they nail every single thing like the first hour it becomes increasingly more difficult to watch upon rewatches because i've seen this movie a lot of times um and it's it's cool you learn a lot about these different rebels and stuff but like it's just not that interesting it's all setting up to that finale which is just so powerful um and yeah i absolutely loved yeah, it and i can't i can't wait to uh, i'll be digging into a new hope next which is going to be fun so oh, fun times fun times ahead <laughs> yes um but yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Um, God knows what we're seeing next week because we never know at this point. That's the fun of it. <laughs> it's a new month, so hopefully, will we get any big releases? Fingers crossed. I, I literally don't even know. There's that Nick Cage movie coming out soon, so that'll be a laugh. <laughs> like that's I mean, what I, I'm looking forward I, to now is those types of movies. I honestly think Saint Maud Blu-ray release counts. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm we should have mentioned that. Yeah, I have I have my Blu-ray set right here. Nice, <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, I, I can't wait to rewatch that one because yeah, we've only seen it once at the cinema and it just left such an impact. Like, I can't wait to rewatch it and feel like because it's gonna be so great knowing kind of like what it's all about now. Like, yeah. obviously, we talk about that all the time. You have that nervous excitement of being like trying to figure out like because uh, you know the first time you watch it, you don't know it's gonna be a movie that you absolutely adore. So, you know, rewatching those no, early scenes well, now. Like, I I always thought that it was. Um you know like what is it going to be what is Maud's motivation and now we know those final few images of the movie i want to mm. see how we get to that point yeah again so like you know it's a movie that i'm sad that i can never watch for the first time again but mm. i'm also excited to explore now knowing everything yeah it's awesome that it's got obviously got that wider release because yeah it had a mm. very limited release so obviously most you know everyone in the uk can see it now and i did I, i'm pretty sure i did get a mini theatrical whatever that means in the states um right. and so i but i don't know when they're kind of just so home... can qualify for oscars yeah um but i don't know when they're kind of like home video releases like i don't know if that's out no. now or if that's out to come but um yeah it's yeah, all I good it was just a uk release right now but I'm yeah yeah because i know because it's studio canal in the uk and obviously it's mm. a24 in the states so but mm. I, like I, said, I know it did get a theatrical like release over the weekend mm. but who knows what that means at this point <laughs> um but yeah that was what number episode uh episode 233 where we discussed 10 minutes to midnight uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone Cause I never could, and how could I start that?